You have one unheard message. Oh, yeah. Oh, snap. I brought a buddy in to help me out with this song this time. Call me the buddy. We about to go in it. Hard as hard cider. Whoa. And y'all don't want that hard cider. This is a drunk dial, baby. Drunk dial, baby. Drunk dial, baby. You trying to tell me that the kill of beef only lasted one week? What about the kill of beef? And what about that sting? Something that you want to clean Something that you want to clean To boo oh. so, so you want to know I'm drunk Beep 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 Boop 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 Bop bop boop Call Ring How you doing? I just peed myself Cause I'm drunk Dio Dio <laughs> Die, yo. Uh, yeah. Richard and Dyke on the mic. They like to fight, and it isn't right. I think that's real nice. I'm Cleveland. I've got some spice. Cause I'm drunk, cause I'm drunk, cause I'm drunk, yeah. Drunk, I'm drunk, I'm drunk, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Do you remember when Grease Lightning was a hit TV show? <laughs> I actually don't. I thought that was a movie. It was a movie, <laughs> but there was a split second when they tried to turn it into a TV show. Nah, I think you're talking about Tarzan. Oh, that was Tarzan. Oh, Buzz Lightyear. That was Tarzan. You remember when they made the Mighty Ducks? Nah. TV show? <laughs> nah. They did that. They made a cartoon for a little bit. I didn't have cable. So I watched Arthur. And I watched Word Dog. I made the same word, girl. I'm drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, cyber chase. Running in the motherfucking cyber chase. I say, hey, what a wonderful type of day when you win luck to play. You can do this all day. That's for your author fans out there. Hi, and welcome to the Drunk Dial Podcast. I'm your host, Ike Michaels. With me, as always, my co host, the most professional podcaster, Bridget Horan. What's up, guys? We have a very special guest in studio with us today. She went from being one of our very first drunk dials to a drunk co-host to in-studio guest, Gwen Sunkle, everybody. What's up? Comedian Gwen Sunkle. Taking over (laughs) the drunk dial dial nation. Nurse nurse Gwen Sunkle. (laughs) That's that's me. Showrunner Gwen. So many titles. Bisexual Gwen's uncle. Yes. 
so many. All uh, Crunchwrap Supreme Lover. Gwen oh, yeah. Dog owner Gwen Sunkle. <laughs> Welcome, guys. I'm sorry. I felt like my dad was watching. I felt like my boss or my dad was watching me do something. I was very scared to make a mistake here. We got a whole, it's a whole to do in here now. It's a whole yeah. big boy studio. Yeah, I, I know the, the home listening audience can't tell this, but this... Uh, studio is such an upgrade last time i was here this was a waffle dojo it was um, and <laughs> it still is sometimes okay okay um did you notice i moved the waffle iron to my desk i did see and that. i have a desk <laughs> yeah yep. for waffling <laughs> yep that's uh where you do all your waffle planning um but yeah so the waffle dojo has now become the podcast dojo yes uh and there's like soundproofing and microphones and stands last time i was here we were talking into a box. Yeah, it was it a was, cardboard box. It was, a, it was the phone inside the cardboard <laughs> box for some reason <laughs> to like muffle the table sound or something. It was. And, you know, we've come a long way, but now it was easier uh, for me to record. I could just press a button. Now there's, you know, actually steps you have so to do in the steps. right order. So th- much you can mess up. So much you can mess <laughs> up. So yeah. I'm going to try not to do that. Um but welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you here in person. Now, the first time we interviewed you, I believe you told us uh, we were going to be hunkered down for three weeks, mm-hmm. and then this would all be behind us. We'd all be dancing in the streets. You keep saying that, Dyke. And uh, I base everything I know about the coronavirus on what you told me <laughs> four months ago. Good, because uh, you know none of this changes. I don't think I ever put a timeline of like three three weeks on it. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I, I don't think I put a timeline on it at all. She uh, was very optimistic about humanity, I think though. She was yeah, like I, she was I, like, really people are gonna stay home. They're gonna everyone's gonna, gonna social distance. Everyone's gonna wear masks. Like, everyone's gonna be okay. And then what we forgot is we live in the Midwest and people don't do any of those things. We were exactly. so good for like a month though. Oh we were oh, great for, that's why I had a lot of hope for humanity, you know? And then and now it's like you know, oh, we can loosen some of the restrictions and you can go out a little bit more, but you mm-hmm. got to wear a mask. And people were like, nope, fuck it. Yeah. I can't do it. I've it was used literally, up- it was like 4th of July hit and people were like, well, I'm an American. I can do whatever the fuck I want to. Right. That's exactly what it was like, <laughs> Bridget. It's <was laughs> like, I'm going to celebrate my freedoms by spreading COVID. Yeah. yeah everyone, re- yeah, that's, you're goddamn right. I'm an American. Yeah. And the 4th of July reminded me of that. And I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> I love that song. I secretly, unironically <laughs> love that song. Okay, that, it says a lot about the power of music because I am, you know, not patriotic yeah. in any kind of traditional sense of the word and um, have a lot of problems with our government and military that I won't go into on your comedy podcast. But um, <laughs> Speak on yeah. it. When that <laughs> song that. comes on, yeah. it's like fucking goosebumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think um, that's a big part of why, like, um, music is such a big part of like a religious tradition mm-hmm. because it really makes people feel some feel some kind of way. Speaking and, of, and it like triggers like memories, which yes. I think is like big too. Yeah. Speaking of brainwashing, um, <laughs> I have. Uh, I wanted to bring this up organically. Anyway, <laughs> perfect segue. Love it, love it. So I'm really excited about HBO has this new TV show called uh, The Vow. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? The Vow? vow? It's all about cults, Mm. which I love. (laughs) And I think each episode is about like a different, or it's like sometimes it's cults, sometimes it's people that have just taken um, a vow so seriously that they, you know, are 
become criminals or they're mm-hmm. doing stuff that they normally mm-hmm. they're breaking their own like ethical code because on behalf of the group uh, yeah mm-hmm. and so the first episode i think that they're playing is about that nexium cult where they were like mm. branding people with the cute blonde girl from smallville mm-hmm. yep and i'm yep. like I, I just can't wait to dive into that yeah <laughs> no it's gonna be some good shit um wh- who, what's your favorite cult oh my favorite cult well uh, right now, probably the uh, what was it the the uh, wild wild country cult? Mm, okay, the because that yeah. is crazy, and it was like that was in my lifetime, and I don't remember how. I've never heard that referenced. Mm-hmm. Like I was watching that, and I was like, I was alive as this was happening. I was a kid, but I was like, how come no one's it's not been in pop culture? Like that was such a crazy big thing, and it was. Did you watch that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 for sure. Um. Jonestown is my favorite cult um, uh, story, but I Waco has been like in the popular culture mm-hmm. a lot now because there was that series, mini series on Netflix, and there's a documentary out, um, and then uh, just you know all the parallels to um, uh, the government shooting tear gas uh, at people that is flammable <laughs> uh, and starting fires. You, you know what's crazy as a kid. What I remember, my biggest takeaways of how, like, on, like, Bob and Tom, like, the next day was just jokes about burnt up people. Like, it was just, like, how many Branch of Indians can you fit in a car? And it's, like, you can fit, like, a hundred in the ashtray. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, Jesus. And, like, I didn't have any, I was a kid back then, too, but, like, I didn't have any concept that that was dead children and, like, exactly what had happened. It was kind of, like. So these like, were bad guys and they burned themselves down. Yeah. The, the, you know, the um, kind of story I think we were kid, as kids, like simplified, were told was like, oh, these were people who were like kind of kooky and mm-hmm. crazy and everything. And, you know, not that people in cults um, don't probably, you know, have some uh, their own mental health challenges mm-hmm. and stuff. But it's like if you were genuinely part of a group that thought, you know, the government was coming to take over your arms and whatever. And it's like, this is fucking happening yeah. in the United States right now in yeah. other places. Like I, you can kind of see how this, how it could happen. Well, and I think things like that is it's like, we in the U S are always like, well, it would never happen to me. Like it would never happen. And then this has all happened now. And it's like, there are gonna be so many weird, like quirky yeah. little quotes that are going to come out of this. It's like, no, Ooh. totally. People like, I, I think people developing their own kind of communities, mm-hmm. um, you know, decentralizing from like the state and the city and everything um, and trying to be like, okay, we're going to grow our own food. And, you know, this person is going to be the person who teaches the kids mm-hmm. and this person is going to do this, this, this. And it's like, well, I can see why people feel like they have to do that yeah. because like, the state isn't When does a commune become a cult? It's like, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, yeah. especially when, Groceries got so expensive and everyone was losing their job. It's like something yeah. like that was like, oh, that sounds awesome. So many people started gardening. And it's like, when does that then go a step too far? Yeah. And I mean, I think there's a. When does gardening go too far? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a pretty big divide from like starting a garden and starting a cult. But um, I mean, that, those people in the wild, wild country, um, the, that a lot of that started out as, you know, like. Oh, we're trying to. Well, yeah, and that and that's the thing where I'm kind of like, I, I'm I'm just skeptical. I'm always ske- I'm a skeptic of everything. Sure. Like I'm just skeptical of everything. It's the right so, thing to 
you know, when they had the like the Chad or the Chaz or whatever, mm. I was kind of like, okay, let's see, let's see what happens with this. And within, you know, they had all these like kind of really high goals, and it seemed like within two weeks they had their own uh, armed police force and they were shooting black teenagers. And I was like, well, that was quick. That was, that was, you guys started a whole society two weeks before you shot a black teen. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it. The what's really remarkable about that and what we have to remember is that like those experiments have to happen a bunch of times and fail before they can succeed. Um, and that... Like, like that's going to be written about in history books, you know? I mean, this is... This whole entire maybe. year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It could get overshadowed by a bunch of other weird Or there's shit. just no more history books. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. The last one's already written. When they press our ashes into a vinyl record <laughs> and send it into space for the aliens to listen to. Um, yeah, so I was... 2020 I think it's I think it's the crazy I think the craziest has yet to come of 2020. I think we're still in for some real crazy stuff and I also think if the murder hornets don't show back up in some significant way, it's a real like Chekhov's gun type it situation. Is. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. introduce the murder hornets and then say and then be like, oh, never mind, they're gone. I think that maybe the cure for Corona may be like in, in like murder hornet venom. Yeah, and it's yeah. like it was, it was they were right here the whole time. It's the sound of my dog <laughs> because your shaking dog keeps Cody off. shaking off that premise. <laughs> No, because Cody um, is like visibly getting her damp from his snoot. Oh, <laughs> so, oh so she's like, "Let me shake oh, man. off." Man, I hate when a guy gets me damp from his snoot. <laughs> damp from the snoot. Damp from the—that's the name of my first album, actually. <laughs> damp from the snoot. It's the response to wet ass pussy. Yes. Somebody asked me today. Damp ass like, snoot. They were like, "Yeah." Gross. They were like, "Yeah." Wet, wet ass penis <laughs> doesn't have the same ring to it. It does not. It does not. Sounds like a threat. It, it really does. <laughs> or a medical condition. Yeah. Which says a lot about our society that like wet espers were like, yeah. And like damp espers were like, oh, not, not today. <laughs> I also think damp is a pretty off-putting word. Damp sounds like it's been wet for a while. Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's like, oh, this it's is. It's actually in the process of drying. Yeah. It's, it's, Maybe a mold or a must situation. <laughs> Definitely some spores. Yeah, some, something's yeah. growing. <laughs> Something is growing. Uh, so Gross. we're going to talk. You know what? Um, fuck it. Um, so when we started this podcast, in the beginning of lockdown, I feel like, no, like, I don't know how to say this without, like nobody, like you weren't a, like a public figure in the podcasting uh, like arena or like the, to me? yeah like the comedy community i would argue i'm still not <laughs> but like we could talk about our per- like we talked about our personal lives very openly now yeah. and now i feel like people listen to the show mm-hmm. and i'm like oh i don't want to say that as much as i would have like three months ago <laughs> when we were, you only had seven listeners yeah well you know bridget was always talking about who she was banging and like I don't that think I was always talking that about was that. very interesting in quarantine i wasn't talking about that at all well, we were talking about previous. Oh, the, well, yeah, maybe. Um, you just put my business out there like I was banging people in quarantine. No, she was. She was, just, she was going door to door during quarantine, just breaking all yeah. the rules. As long as you were wearing a mask, it's fine. yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I've had some interesting. So, like, I um, 
I had, a, a, I guess, a fan of the show. I don't know. Um, the show has fans? It's such a strong word. He's like, I don't know the word fan of the show. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe not this show. Maybe another yeah, show. You know, a like, fan. I had, I had, Somebody who sends us a cease and desist is not a fan. <laughs> I had someone that, uh, that would, like, I don't know, like, uh, sending DMs, but always in like in response to like a like a story or something, and mm-hmm. there was like uh, a back and forth. And then the other day, after a podcast, I was a little drunk, and so I just oh. I shot my shot. <laughs> brown chicken, brown cat. I did a shot. I shot my shot, and I, I threw a little hay. The problem is, I had nothing to back up with the hay. Mm. It was just kind of the hay, and it was like, hey, what? And I was like. Did she say, hey, what? No. It was, oh, I was like, that's not a good start. It wasn't. A, it was it was uh, it was like a wave back or whatever. And I was just like, oh, and then I was like, I didn't think this through at all. And so I was like, oh, I, I have a, we have an open bike up there. They just come watch the open bike. <laughs> Did they come? No, they have a, like a, a nine to five job and they don't live in the city. And oh, so oh. so it's kind of like, yeah, that might be difficult, whatever. Uh, and then I was just like. I'm just going to leave this alone. Is this person cute, attractive? Yeah, uh, sure. Sure. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, is this, is this like, a, you were shooting your shot as, like, a, do you want to come be a guest on the podcast, or do you want to come be a guest? No, no, I just, I, all yeah. I technically said was, you should come to this uh, open mic. So you could always leave it ambiguous, you know. Just oh, like, sure. You're just like, if you're a fan of this, you should also check out Open Mic Comedy. You should Open Mic Comedy, yeah. If you love terrible things if that you take like, too long. If you like hot garbage, boy, <laughs> do we have some more of it. So then I then I kind of like, I fell asleep and then I woke up hours later and I looked at my phone and I was like, oh, why did I? Oh, this wasn't good. But then the next morning or the next afternoon, uh she responded back to me with a whole conversation. Oh. And it was just like, we're doing this podcast. I'm making these drinks, making these cocktails. And then... For the, for the Burn the Well podcast, everyone should go give yeah, it a listen. Yeah, for Jake Johnson's podcast, Burn the Well. And uh, yeah, it all, it all seemed to be going great. And then without divulging too much, I just feel like that I found out that that's like a thing this person does. Is like they like message podcasters... It looks just like a like a catfish podcaster. Is that a what? A catfish of podcasters. What? Where it's just like she like messages them and the like guys and you know we're all mm-hmm. like ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> slide into the DMs. Yeah. And then there's like like a kind of a back and forth that never really goes anywhere. And it and it there's this whole link of podcasters that it's like been happening to. And I found out about. it. I was like, I don't. I don't like this at all. Like, Did she really, like try to sell you something, or, or are you now no. in her podcast? Like, I don't she know. Makes fun of you guys later. I it might understand. be an Inception thing. Maybe maybe we're all on her podcast right now. Jesus, what a bum rap for this poor woman to have to listen to all these terrible podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> for that to be our only fan, and it's not even a real fan. And but just I feel so bad for her to have to like contact all these losers with a, these podcasts that only have seventeen fans and be like, oh yeah, I'm really gonna boost his self esteem and then let him down hard. But also like I mean it's kind of like like a very noble thing to do is she's like I'm taking one for the team I'm gonna boost everyone's eat and you know and then yeah I don't I don't know I don't know if she's an agent to the mist I don't know if she's an agent of good an agent of chaos if she's a Batman <laughs> villain I'm not exactly sure but I felt like I felt like I walked into some sort of like sticky trap when I found it. I was like oh mm-hmm. like I yeah. thought so I had a <laughs> I had a psychic contact me on Instagram last week uh, and it was like kind go of on a, kind of a similar situation where I was like oh. 
I don't think this is real. Yeah. <laughs> but like maybe. But maybe. <laughs> yeah. What 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 did, what did they say? Oh, uh, so they said that they were scrolling through Instagram. They ran across my profile and that I uh, had some sort of block and like an energy block mm-hmm. and that she was going to clear it for me. Oh, she was going to unblock you. Oh. She was going to unblock me. She was going to pop your block off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it needs to be unblocked every once in a while. I ignored it. And then the next day she gets a hold of me again and says, no, 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 no for real. I know you think that I'm just like full of shit or whatever, but yeah. I can really see this on you. I know how to clear it off of you. And so she tells me that I have, um, at a very young age, I was cursed by a witch. Oh, and, oh shit. And um, that this. Uh, that explains so I much. Wish I was cursed by a witch. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what? If you want me to put you in touch with Helen and yeah. she can talk to you about uh-huh. what curses you may or may not have running around, wreaking havoc on your body. She's gonna be like, um, Actually, you're not cursed. You're just a terrible person. Yeah. Well, that's fair. So, yeah. Hell yeah. So I did mean, she unblock you? Or? Yeah, yeah, she unblocked me. Wait, over the phone? Over Instagram? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what did that entail? It's like emotional deconstipation. Uh, I mean, it was it was like a three night process. <laughs> wow. Where, and then and then nothing. There was nothing like you were kind of waiting. Like, is this gonna turn sexy? And like, I no, there was no sexy connotation to it okay i apologize if i like when i said <laughs> slid into my dms you were like oh this witch wants to well i thought you were like either this witch wants to yeah jump on that broomstick that doesn't work for girls okay uh, um <laughs> Say, i mean I uh, uh, stoke stoke that cauldron yeah it was just stir my cauldron yeah stir the cauldron yeah. you know what i found out i didn't know what the through my port key i didn't know mm. <laughs> i didn't know what the macaroni in the pot line meant until oh. this weekend, and, and we now had, you know we had young Emil Joaquim on the, the podcast, and I was like, I don't understand this line. I think it's a bad analogy. No, yeah, I thought it was a visual. I was like, I don't understand. No, it it looks like macaroni. Sound. It's an auditory yeah. Um, situation. Yeah, I had to learn the hard way. I went to Catholic school. I don't know if you knew that, that makes sense. But yeah, there That's was a not lot. An excuse for us. <laughs> there was a lot that was left out. Mm. Left up. Uh, they didn't talk about macaroni salads in in your. We, sex we were like thrown like a speed stick and we we're told to keep it in our pants till marriage. And that was most of it. And then the girls just came out looking horrified. <laughs> like, yeah. What yeah. did they see? <laughs> it was a very upsetting video. Mm-hmm. One of that, the, they don't talk about sex at all. It's no, only periods. It's and only then they're just like, and birth. Right, and then birth. Get right? after it. Yeah. And they show you a bunch of pictures in Catholic school of the birth happening. And you're like, Jesus Christ. And you're like, I'm never doing that. I remember, like, when we had the the period talk one and had to watch that. It was, like, a different video because I didn't go to Catholic school. Okay. Uh, but it was by, like, the star of it was the woman who had played Annie on Broadway. Oh. <laughs> and oh. she's, like, you know. This, she's overselling it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I remember, in, and it was, like, this. You know, I, I was born in 82, so it was this movie from, like, the 70s where, like, you know, gigantic bell-bottom jeans and, like, hair picks and stuff and whatever. Uh, and I remember in specifically this line in this movie that was, like, um, you need to take a shower every day while you're menstruating. Um, and I, w- it, it, I was, like, are we not showering every day? <laughs> Usually? Uh, Double up on them showers. Yeah. 
But I didn't like the connotation that like it was gross and you needed to cleanse yourself. Did you ever see the old, like, it's, like, even older. It's, like, from the 50s. It's, like, a black and white thing. And, like, the teacher, it's, like, mm-hmm. and she's, like, saying you can't Pointing roller skate. Yeah. yeah, no roller skate or you can't square dance. <laughs> <laughs> or fast games. No square dancing, god damn it. What was the fear there that, like, the you were going to jostle around and just hemorrhage out, ble- uh, bleed out on the square dance floor? Yeah, I, th- I think that it was a Pretty jostling much. concern. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then I think there was also uh, often a concern, too, that, you, you know, somehow your detritus was going to get on other people or near other people. Oh, I was going to say, because there was like, there's been women athletes forever, right? And I just assume they, do they sit, sit one out for, I don't know how that worked. Um, I mean... I think I love you talking about periods, so that really, really is exciting. I'm what, asking. I'm just trying think. to. I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah. No. I think uh, some of them did. Some of them found a workaround. But if you were like playing seventh grade softball and yeah. you got your period and you were like, I don't want to play today because it feels weird and gross or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I remember trying to tell, like, get a gym class when I was in high school, and, be, and the gym teacher was like, you'll be fine. I was like, I, I want to run the mile. I mean, I never want to run the mile, but, like, I especially didn't that day, and I was like, I don't want to run the mile. And he was like, why? And I was like, period. And he was like, I'm sure someone else is. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. Don't you girls usually sink us? Sink them up? I assume you're all on it right now. Did you guys have creepy male gym teachers when you're in school oh yeah definitely well like was it always specifically the gym teachers that were i know i feel like there was something about changing into gym clothes and like it always seemed like there was like the two like hottest girls in the class were like always flirting with the gym teacher or i guess vice versa really Mm -hmm. because the teacher's an adult but i always just remember being like that's weird how they talk to their teacher differently like when i was in middle school i came late into the year and I had, he was like changing your gym uniform, and then he wrote my name on my chest when I had it on. That <gasps> felt like a weird thing. Yeah, that felt like not okay. And I was like, I asked somebody else, "Is this how he does it?" And they were like, "Yeah, that's how he did it for everyone." And I was like, Jesus! It's like I could have written it myself in the locker room, actually. Why were Why are we changing clothes at school? I mean, I didn't. I didn't have the. I went to a small school and then a big school, so I had my gym credits. Too much backstory. But um, I never had to, like, take swimming or do anything where I had to, like... But, like, I know some schools, like, do full-on showers and stuff like that, uh-huh. which I still think is weird that they it haven't is. figured... Yeah. I I think it's weird that we haven't figured out how to make private changing rooms in just, like, a public pool mm-hmm. or yeah. anything. It's, like... Because I, I used to work at this camp, and I would take kids through the... Like, I had to take all the boys through the men's side... And there would just be these old men with their old dicks out. Just and I was just yeah. like, how is everything that we do at this camp to protect kids? And then one day a week we just expose them to old dicks. Yeah. You know, like how is that it okay? All yeah. Apart yeah. 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 It's like we have to have two counselors at all time and like we do all this stuff to like cover our, you know, yeah. uh, protect the kids and cover our ass. And then mm. one day it's just like, hey, hey kids, you ever seen three old dicks at once? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't like it. Yeah. And it feels like they're like, my biggest thing is 
the school I went to, we had, like, we changed in the bathroom. We didn't have, like, a changing room. Like, it wasn't, like, a locker room or anything. So we would just wait outside with our clothes and, like, go in and change, like, four at a time and then come back out. Are you out. serious? And there wasn't, like, a shower or anything. So it was like, oh, cool. Like, you get to go run the mile on your period and then go change in a bathroom stall and into your school uniform. There are khaki pants and then go back to class. I was like, I'm okay on this, actually. Yeah. I just, it, like... Of all the things that they're trying to cut and get rid of in schools mm-hmm. because they need more time for, you know, teaching standardized testing or, yeah. you know, teaching yeah. other stuff. And so whatever they're doing in schools, whatever, days. whatever they're doing in schools these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're taking time to have kids change clothes and then change out of them again in front of each other. What yeah. a weird, what a, a weird, weird ask. Yeah. 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 It was the first time. So you're saying get rid of Jim because I'm on board. <laughs> I, I don't think like you have to get rid of Jim. I yeah. think, but I think you can get rid of the dress out for Jim. Yeah. Requirement. Well, I think for me it was like we wore school uniforms, so it was like we all had like khakis on at all times and a polo, and it was like, well, I can't run in this. But like when I was in middle school, when I had the aggressive write your name on your chest thing, like that was like it was just public school. Like I could warn anything. I would have, I knew I was going to gym. I would wear ball shorts every day. Yeah, or wear like, or, you know, do like yoga or yeah. calisthenics or, you know. Or something. like have one day a month that you're like, we're going to run the mile. Yeah, so bring. Wear, you know, bring something that day. Yeah. But like, I don't need it for dodgeball. Like, yeah. I'm going to get out right away. I'm going to go sit and read my book on the bleachers. I'm cool with this. I am glad that part a significant part of my education was devoted to square dancing, though. I, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I couldn't tell you what the Pythagorean theorem is right now, but I could. I, I know Alamon left your partner. <laughs> That's going to be coveted real handy the rest of 2020. Yep. Hell yeah, it is. He's like, everyone look for your invitation to Dyke's square dancing parties. <laughs> They'll be coming soon. So how do you feel about aliens, Gwen? Uh, I'm pr- very pro-alien. Yeah? Yeah, I think they're going to... Somebody's got to be doing better than we are. Yeah. Think they're going to show up this year? Do you think this is the when it happens? Literally, nothing would surprise me at this point. I think they're already here. Like that's my biggest thing. Like oh. I feel like they might already be here. Well, didn't they? The Pentagon put out this whole thing where they were like, they bas- took care of the murder hornets. Well, they basically were like, uh, yeah, um, <coughs> UFOs are real, and we definitely have some, and we're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna talk about it a little bit later. And then they just never brought it back up again. But it's, and I everybody think, just went, eh, yeah. I think oh, it's yeah. like Tiger King, like, distract him from the real shit that's happening. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, everyone's dying, but, like, have you guys seen the show about tigers? And now it's like, everyone's watched Tiger King, so now they're like, people are still dying, but, like, do you hear about the UFOs? They're just distracting us. I think, do you remember, like, a couple years ago, there was, like, a Christian uh, missionary who went to, like, some tribe that has had very little contact with the outside world like and they killed him and they lit him up with their arrows and everyone <laughs> killed him before he even got on the goddamn beach and, yes. and like he had been told like by he, he had been told by everyone don't go mm-hmm. and he ignored all of it and it was like i was one of those things where like everybody no matter what your political alignments were whatever like everybody was like fuck that guy what an asshole like everybody <laughs> was like in unison about how like stupid yeah. this guy was and like for whatever your beliefs are, like mm-hmm. you should have just left this tribe alone. I kind of feel like maybe aliens are the same way mm-hmm. where it's just like, there's like some missionary space aliens. Like I got to teach these humans about Gleep Glorp. And they're like, just leave them alone. They're kind of backwards people. They still have wars and racism and stuff. And he's like, uh, no, 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 I'm going to go down there. And they like crash at area 51. 
Oh, shit. I don't know. Like, they still can't figure out wash their hands and wear a face mask. Yeah, they can't. They're, they're not ready for this. Yeah. Y'all ready for this? Gleep, 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 gleep. <laughs> gleep, 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 gleep. I almost just... The spit take was good. It was almost beer and, and COVID all over all the equipment. Uh, We're joking. No one has COVID here. Do you... Um, I'll tell you what. I got... Um, I get my temperature taken. I still, I have no problem getting my temperature taken to go into any establishment. Mm-hmm. Zero. I will say, I would like a little bit more consent and just heads up on how they go about doing it because I feel like I've gone into some places and they're just like, come here. And then they just kind of aggressively stick a gun looking thing at your temple. Mm-hmm. And it's not a very like, Hey, we're going to be taking your temperature. Is that okay? Is like, I get it. You have to do this a lot. And I get it. It's yeah. not fun for you. And I have no problem doing it, but it just seems very aggressive. Well, yeah, a little bit. You're, yeah, you're not wrong that um, I even have that when I like see patients at my job where I think, oh, it's like obvious to them that I'm about to listen to their heart and lungs. And then they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh. Like, oh, I had the stethoscope. <laughs> I thought you assumed what was going to happen. Well, I feel like a lot of times they just come up out of the shadows and they're just like... Sticking a gun thing yeah, in your head. Yeah, click, click. I'm like, oh, you got to be careful if you <laughs> wave a gun around black dudes. I, mean, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but uh, there's been a lot of dead black guys in the news recently. Jesus. Damn. A lot of them. I think I have a solution. Um, Is well, it defunding the police? Well, it's a, it's a different program that I was... That it does involve the police. I was trying to go the other way and try to like maybe set some goals for them. So I think we bring back the uh, the book it program, <laughs> and it's like if you don't shoot a black guy for a whole year, you get like a personal pan pizza, oh. little pizza party, little pizza party is that right. nice treat? Yeah, for Getting, the whole department. Yeah, put some stars on a on a ribbon. Yeah, like zero. I like it. It's like a, the summer reading program where you, if you read so many books, then you you get like a, a prize. Yeah, have a, a different different goal. And then maybe if you help some people of color, you get like a bigger pizza. I don't know. Like there, you could incentivize it up. Yeah, get more than two toppings. Pizza know. is gonna stop systemic racism. I feel like it could. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't think anything that comes from the dirty Italians is going <laughs> to stop racism. <laughs> I'm going to say this like low-key racist thing about Italians, but I'm going to say it because I don't want systematic racism. Yeah, that was perfect. Uh, that was a joke. Mm-hmm. I also, really I, no. I don't know she's if like, you know, I love I, Italians. Like, I'm a comedian. When's um, racist? We all we've, we've known that. But only uh, about Italians. I'm as a white person, I do in fact benefit from systemic racism. So yes. How do you feel about the book White Fragility? How do I feel about it? Yeah. I think it, uh, it's, a, it's a good book. It you know, helps people uh, figure, figure some shit out. And if it helps white people get the message that black lives are more important than white feelings, then give a copy to everyone. Yep. I think it's a grift. You think it's a grift? Yeah. Tell me more. I think, this, I think this white lady was like, sometimes I feel uncomfortable around black people. And then she writes a book and tells everyone that they're racist and then gets $10,000. To show up and tell everyone that they're racist. I'm like, well, maybe. Oh, I was going to say, she's made way more than $10,000. No, like, like, book. like, ah, uh, like, ah, uh, uh, on appearance. So yeah, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like maybe no, a, little, a little griftiness in there. A little sure. I, you know, would. Hope, I'm not reading the book, so I don't I would know. hope that she would, um, you know, share some of that wealth with the black community. 
Um, but she's an adult and she can do whatever she wants, I guess. I want to cook her books. <laughs> Let's look at those books, lady. Let's look at those. But I think um, just as it is important for people of color to have um, uh, black people and BIPOC. Uh, they should I, always have black people. Yeah, like, no, people of color should always have at least one black person. Always one black I always person. say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, just as I feel like um, black people need a place to like talk about white supremacy without like the eye of uh, white people and white society. I think that white people need to work out their feelings about racism without burdening black people about them. So if it helps them, if it helps someone to read a book about this other woman's experience and how she came to understand her place in systemic racism, then you're saying that there should be a a separate place for white people to discuss black people. It should be (laughs) separate, but like totally equal. (laughs) You really hit the nail on the head. Like that's exactly entirely what I was saying. I hope that this clip (laughs) makes it like out of context into um, something. My personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Business life. No, no, I, I know what you're saying. I'm being facetious. Yeah, yeah. Facetious. Uh, and I think we saw this with, um, like, when um, George Floyd uh, was murdered, and there was a lot of, like, direct actions happening in Indianapolis, and all these white people were, like, flooding the inbox of the Black Lives Matter organizers who have been you know, organizing every day for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, what can I do to help? And it's like this is not it you know? yeah. <laughs> like you and people like you know pouring their hearts out and saying how sorry they are and mm-hmm. like oh i didn't realize now and blah 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 and it's like which is almost more hurtful it's like yeah. because this has been happening for years Hundreds for generations of years. Yeah. like this is this is so you're just much now further. at the party yeah i got a couple of those uh white guilt phone calls yeah they're really fun uh, I got one from my ex-girlfriend. Oh. And uh, like an ex-ex girl, like two exes ago girlfriend. Uh-huh. And uh, she... Not uh, a fresh ex. Not a fresh old, ex. An old ex. And uh, so that was fun. And then <laughs> she was like, would you know your life matters? <laughs> you didn't make me feel that way when you broke up with Yeah. Them. Oh, shit. <laughs> when I had to pick up all my shit on the curb. Uh, and then I got one from just like uh, a woman I just worked with. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I know. And like... I'm never going to like actually ridicule someone just for trying to be nice, you know, but it it was just definitely funny to get these calls. And I was like, I was hoping one would be like a, like a booty call, you know, that you should have been like, you know, what would really make up for, you know, what would really make me feel like my life matters. Yeah. Let's let me spend some lives on your stomach. Let's Jesus Christ. (laughs) Damn. Is that too much? That was perfect. Hey, hey, that's great. (laughs) I'm here for it. You gotta, you gotta earn your keep, and you sure do. <laughs> Sporadically, um, from time to time, <laughs> I doodle my dr- my drunk doodles, and I have one liners. I, I, I was going for a reparations joke, and you, you definitely took it right there. You, you <laughs> knocked it out of the park. Made it, made a cum joke. Speaking of jokes, speaking of jokes, I know I don't remember exactly. Like literally, this whole year feels like five years. Obviously, oh my god, it's so, both been the longest and shortest years of our lives time is very confusing i was like what have i achieved this year nothing but how long has it gone on at least three years <laughs> at least three years yeah. but uh i remember you did open up for eliza yeah ancient that history. was this year that was this year was that it was in march was that right before the lockdown is that when it happened it was it was like the week or maybe two weeks before yeah because it was like march 9th and 
the lockdown started like the 21st or something. Now I know you're a good person and you probably don't want to complain about, but like I have been, we've been asking all the comics that we've been talking about this because like, I think everyone to a little bit of a degree feels like 2020 is a personal attack against them. (laughs) And, but like also like, you know, you're balancing all this stuff. You're, you're, you're trying to balance work life, but you're also trying to be a, a, a better, bigger comedian all the time. And you get these big opportunities and it seems like everything's kind of ratcheting up and then COVID just shuts everything down. Like, like, yeah, where are you at? Cause I know you're like working all the time as a nurse. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you at as far as like, are you, do you have the headspace to be like, Oh man, like that does kind of suck. I feel guilty to say it, but it does suck. Um, you know, I can grieve the loss of comedy in my life and grieve the loss of opportunity uh, without kind of downplaying the the global, sure. the yeah. global pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I I think it's okay for me to say like, oh gosh, a lot of great things were going to happen this year, um, and now they're not going to. Like, I got mm. into limestone, and limestone's not happening this year. Um. But I don't feel like, you know, everybody has had to stop. Yeah. It's not like it's just been me. It's everybody. Um, I feel really fortunate that I have other, you know, things to fill my time with and things that make me feel f- worthwhile and fulfilled mm-hmm. and um, that I'm not just relying on comedy because that's really hard for people who have had, you know, not only their primary stream of income taken away but also their art form yeah and i you know i like we joke about like our dick jokes being an art form um but still you know it's making people laugh is important it is i mean it is 100 especially right now yeah 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 a time when we need comedy more than ever like we don't have it mm-hmm. like i definitely leaned way more into podcasting because i was like i don't know yeah. what i'm gonna do if i have no creative outlet mm-hmm. And I'm being forced to stay at home. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, and I think what I didn't realize and what I've talked about here before is that I didn't realize how close knit the like the scene is here in Indy for for mm-hmm. comedians. Like you guys not only like work together, you not only like compete against each other, but you guys are each other's biggest fans. And it's like it's hard when you I, I think comedians are probably like chefs where it's like we're all like a little fucked up, but like in a in a manageable way. And it's like you you need other people to kind of kind of bounce yourself and to kind of bounce ideas off of and mm-hmm. and to have a support system. And I think it's hard. And I think it's been, I've I've been very impressed with how the community is like. You guys have tried to like come back in a way. And it's like there's not a lot of big shows, but you guys are doing the open mics just so you guys have that community and you can kind of bounce ideas off each other and and do some new stuff. It's like it, that helps. Like people need that right now. And it's yeah. not just for us as the audience, but for you guys too. Yeah, I mean, for morale more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I, I'm so happy that, like, y'all's mic is um, happening. And then the... Red Flag Comedy, Thursday nights, Indie Hustle. <laughs> and then um, Rocket Ship has one at uh, um, Half Liter Barbecue at <laughs> APM uh, on Mondays, uh, the Monday show. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think people have jokes and they need to work them out and they need to practice them mm-hmm. and they don't have a place to do that. Yeah, everyone became an edgelord in quarantine because you didn't have anything to bounce anything off of. Yeah. And like Zoom shows or, or you know, virtual shows like are their own animal and that like it's neat, but it's like not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody I heard it best. It was like it's like methadone comedy. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Some people have done really well with it, and they're really having a good time with it. Um, uh, you know, it's just always to me like such a crapshoot, and I also you don't have enough time to like figure out how to get good at it. You yeah. Know? Young, young, young Emil was uh, going to open for Nikki Glazer at a, a drive-in. I heard about this. And he's yeah. like, I don't know what to expect. Are people just in their cars and honking at you? And I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like, I went to see Burt Kreischer and it was actually pretty cool. Like it was a kind of a festival vibe, but yeah. every, everybody was, I always felt safer with the social distancing than I did with the masks. I don't know if that makes sense at all. But yeah, I like, mean, people still need to kind of be doing both. <laughs> yeah, sure. But like. It was everybody was away from each other, uh-huh. and then it was like kind of like you would put on your mask if you went to the bathroom or whatever. And then obviously some people had their mask on the whole time, but it was like way more than six feet. It yeah. was like there was nobody in the general vicinity, so it was like you had your own kind of bubble and you were outdoors. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been going to the drive-in a lot this summer for that reason. What movies have you seen? Um, so last weekend I saw Batman and Batman Returns. Nice. Yeah. Um, I for that Tim I Tim Burton saw... double feature. Um, it was Interview with a Vampire, Fright Night, and Dracula 2. Um, it was three movies? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, this coming weekend, it's their monster movie drive-in special where they're showing movies from dusk till dawn. Oh, wow. Um, so it's like they're showing eight movies. You can camp. Are you, you doing can... drugs? <laughs> you can be. I, you can be. <laughs> this is, so I like to go to the Skyline drive-in, which is out in Shelbyville. Where it's like a field of dreams type drive-in where they've just like mowed down half a cornfield and put up a screen. Um, and you can get, you know, a giant pretzel with the salt that'll crack your teeth or whatever. Um, like Tibbs here in town is, is cool too. Um, but it's like, it has a bunch of screens. Yeah. And so it's like kind of distracting. Distracting. Yeah. Yeah. I, there for a while I was going every summer. I was like double dating with my buddy. Oh, and we would always brown chicken. The worst, whatever we thought the worst movies were, uh-huh. and so I definitely saw like, um, what was that? Uh, magician bank heist movie. I saw a couple purges, purges uh-huh. were on there. Yeah, and then the like uh, a good one to see at a drive-in. Jesse Eisenberg, uh, magical bank heist mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then like a Transformers movie. Nice. But I couldn't even I couldn't even phone it in for the Transformers. I was just like, this is. You're going to fall asleep. This is dog shit. Yeah, I'm falling yeah. asleep. This is also like three and a half hours long. What are we doing here? I don't know. One of my favorite scenes in any movie ever took place in the Transformers movie. Which one? The first one. Okay. And the joke is where um, he tell, uh, Shia LaBeouf's character tells Megatron and Bumblebee to hide. And so they just turn into cars in the front oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just the funniest thing I've ever seen. I don't know why it tickles me so much, but it does. Um, <laughs> So a couple like last month, I forget exactly when it was, but I went and I went and saw uh, the Muppet movie, and then they showed the Dark Crystal afterward, mm. which um, is a, you know a beautiful movie, but it is mm-hmm. like a drug induced fever 100%. dream, and it's very scary. Um, my friend and I that went, went, we were the only car left at the end of the movie. Everybody else bailed early because it's so creepy. Did you guys see the Dark Crystal came out with the? television show like a, mm-hmm. i don't know if it's netflix or hulu but like a recent like, one like a reboot like i think this year at okay. some point mm-hmm. maybe last year i don't know i think it was last year but together yeah. but but it's uh it's it's equally as drug induced and dark it's i watched part of it and then yeah it's it's a lot but it's so good 
If you I, nostalgia, I've been talking about this a lot this week with people. But if you had to make a trilogy of three un, actually unrelated movies, like what would so mine for example that we talked about the would be trilogy was um, Con Air, uh, was it Con Air, The Rock, and nope, I messed it up. Damn it, Con Air, The Rock, and Face Off. Okay. Con Air, oh, okay. and then Face Off, and then The Rock. Okay. Okay. So these like are, feel like movies that are not a trilogy that feel like they should be a trilogy mm-hmm. somehow. I think okay. you should have given us homework. We should have come into this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't yeah. on the spot right now. It's sure. Like a lot, but yeah, you know, okay. think about it. But like some of those yeah. driving movies, like kind mm-hmm. of like yeah, darker yeah, yeah. some movie, like oh yeah, like that's yeah. Um, so, so guys, DM us your your three unrelated your trilogies. <laughs> yes, I'm going with um, I'm going with Encino Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going with uh, 16 Candles, and I'm going with Mean Girls. Wow. Hell yeah. I love it. That's a perfect example of that. That's amazing. I thought at first I thought you were just gonna name off three Polly Shore movies. I was like, that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. No, it's really capturing the high school experience Hell top yeah. to bottom. Wheezing the juice. Yep. Love that movie. Um, <laughs> I was you could do like Anaconda, mm-hmm. Snakes on a Plane, and then Anaconda too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can even throw Swiss Family Robinsons there because that snake scene is the scariest one in the whole park. Oh, yeah, that is a scary-ass scene. I don't remember that. I don't know if I ever yeah. saw Swiss Well, family. when you go back and watch it, as like as a child, I remember being like, I'm never getting water ever again. But as an adult, it's like, oh, that's a stuffed animal. They're wrestling with a stuffed animal in the water. I was such a little scaredy goon boy when I was a child mm-hmm. that it became a problem that I think my mom was like, come on, man. Like, So, like, she would always direct me to leave if, like, there was something that was going to be sexual or something that was going to be real violent. Mm-hmm. Any, any kind of peril. As a, Yeah, as a kid, and then just go out, leave the room, but you'd always hear the sound, so it, like I'd leave the room, and then you'd just hear like a chainsaw and somebody screaming, and it's just like, <laughs> what's going on in there? Eh? But I got kind of like accustomed to doing that, mm-hmm. and um, I remember it was like my older cousin, Rochelle, my mom, I think it was just them, and they had rented... Uh, Crocodile Dundee, and at the beginning of that movie, like he comes oh. in with like a fake alligator, mm-hmm. and he's pretending that he's wrestling a real alligator mm-hmm. to like impress like uh, the love interest yeah. in the movie or whatever. Classic. And I just got up and I was like, nope, nope, some some Can't violence happening. It. And I just remember they both just like they roasted me like yeah. as a little kid. Yeah. They're like, you get back in here. That's a dead alligator. What is? <laughs> what is? This is because of you. Yeah. I still to this day don't feel good about looking at uh, Large Marge from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> no. I would watch it every day. I had it on tape and I would watch like 20 minutes of Pee Wee's Big Adventure and I would eat lunch and watch yeah. it and then stop it. And then I always knew like every fourth, fifth day we got to the Large Marge part you and I would it. just get up and walk out of the room, mm-hmm. claymation horror, and then, uh, <laughs> and then walk right back. So I've never, I've only seen photos of, of Large Marge. Marge. I've never actually... I don't like. I do not enjoy watching the video. Mm-hmm. We should watch it sometime. Just <laughs> yeah. like you know, in a, a safe space, lights on, all together. Mm-hmm. What movies? The creepiest movie I remember from my childhood was uh, Farusa Balk's Return to Oz. Oh, what? Yeah. Return, yes. Return to Oz is a oh. fucked up. It was a nightmare-filled uh, d- d- hellscape. Yeah. 
that involved a witch that had multiple heads she could screw on. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think it starts off with her getting um, electrocuted in an insane asylum. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. how she gets to Oz, mm-hmm. is through child electrocution. Like you do. Yeah. It was a very disturbing movie. Absolutely. It, it definitely was. I, um, we, there was this movie called like The Watcher in the Woods that was really scary <laughs> when I was a kid. Uh, it was one of those this live action. fun pastime though. <laughs> yeah, live action Disney movies. Um, and then I, so my, the first movie I ever went to see in a movie theater, my mom took me to see the movie Bambi. Um, which she had like already seen as as a kid and then was taking me as an adult. And so this was going to be like my first time at the theater or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we pull up and like she stops the car and then she like looks at me and you can tell she's like really conflicted. (laughs) And she's like, Gwen, I got to tell you what happens in this movie. (laughs) And she tells me about Bammy's mom getting shot. Your first movie and your first spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All all wrapped up in one. All wrapped up in one. And she was like, you don't want to, like you don't want to see that, right? Like you don't want to watch Bambi's mom die. I was like, I, yeah, no, I, I, I don't. So the only other movie like showing at that time was Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which um, is a movie where somebody tries to uh, leave their baby on someone's doorstep, but instead it, they mistake it for like a box of cocaine. And I, like, I was really scared that this was like – a frequent thing that happened <laughs> was that like your parents accidentally traded, traded you. you for cocaine. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you know they're making a new three men and a baby? Yeah. Efron is one of the stars in it. We love to see it. We <laughs> truly it's, it's, love it. to see it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, they, I don't think it'll be, co- I don't think it'll day. be cocaine anymore. No, no, they'll probably make it weed. Yeah. It, or, or like a, my air fryer. Cause <laughs> you mixed up this baby with an air fryer or something. I don't know. Do you think, uh, I don't know. I can't imagine it'll be three white guys. <laughs> I cannot no. imagine. I mean, Zach Efron's one, so like it's already, that's that's it. What was the movie that he was in with he and Michael B. Jordan and... Um, Handsome Town? No. <laughs> no, the kid from, it could have been, Jesus. Uh, the kid from the new Fantastic Four. I don't know his name. I don't know. But it, it might just be the three of them again. Three men and a baby. I hope that there's a like a Tom Selleck cameo. Yeah. Steve Gutenberg. I hope yeah. I hope it's like Tom Selleck's ghost is behind the curtain. Yeah, because that was a big thing. That was a, like a big folklore thing. Did you ever see it in that movie? The kids standing was, in the was windows. It was just like a. It was like a prop. Like I've like I've seen it debunked a million times. No, I know. But uh, Steve Gutenberg. Can we talk about how Steve Gutenberg ruled the '80s with an iron fist? Because <laughs> he really did. <laughs> And, and then what happened? I don't know. So here's my question is all of these, like, and I was thinking about this when watching Batman the mm-hmm. other night. It's like the, all these 80s heartthrobs. Like, Michael Keaton had a jerry curl yeah. when he was playing Batman. They're like, like, like some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like curly haired men in, yeah. the, in the 80s. And, like, these, these guys were just so run of the fucking mill. Mm-hmm. It was like, like the most basic human beings. Yeah. It's not that they were unattractive, yeah. but for it to be like, oh, he's the love interest that everybody's after. It's like, like is the bar on the floor? Is that how low the bar uh, is? Gold Bloom, curly haired. Yeah, kind of curly. yeah. I mean, he's more handsome on the handsome side of that spectrum. But. Well, and I would also say, too, that like Jeff Goldblum has like only gotten hotter. I, yeah. I agree. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I was like, 
I will argue, they one of my friends knows I love Harrison Ford. And they were like, what's your favorite era of Harrison Ford? And I was like, I love Harrison Ford now. I love Jeff Goldblum now. I think that like they were they were good back in the day, but it's like have you seen now the, the days and plus he's like quirkier now, he's got more personality, I think. Yeah. Have you seen the side by side comparisons of Tom Cruise to people he's acted in movies with? Where it's just like Tom Cruise, yeah, Tom Cruise then, today. Tom Cruise now, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was like one of them was like, I, I didn't this one, but it was like the the the, the lady from uh, Top Gun, and mm-hmm. she looks like her age. And Meg Ryan was it? No, was Meg Ryan in Top Gun? No, I was kidding. Oh, God, I was, <laughs> uh, Meg Ryan is in Top Gun, but she's not the one. Okay, uh, <laughs> but yeah, she looks her age, and Tom Cruise definitely does it. But the one of them was the kid from Jerry Maguire. <laughs> And the kid from Jerry Maguire looks like he could play Tom Cruise's dad. I don't know what they're injecting him with. Oh, Jesus. Um, what is it? Uh, adrenochrome or whatever? Uh, hydrochloroquine. <laughs> Fish tank fluid? Is that what they're doing? Steady diet. I don't know what Scientology is doing these days, but it's, it's do we wanna, good work. Do we want to call up, do a short, like a little mini dial we want to call up a comic sure all right who should we call do you have someone in mind or you just no just we're just doing it here. we're just doing it raw just, baby just flip through um find a comic <laughs> you got you got one Gwen? we'll plug your phone in oh no i don't She's like, no i'm just doing i'm looking up i'm looking up that kid from <laughs> jerry mcguire <laughs> yeah let's see what he looks like i'm trying to think what my so my first like upsetting movie is i watched my cousins were watching Human Centipede when I was too young to yeah, be watching Human Jesus. Centipede. And I was watching it from the doorway. That was upsetting for a slew of reasons. Yeah, damn. I was probably like eight, seven or eight. It was good. That was, but, but I didn't see anything that was like, like Bambi would have fucked me up more, I think, mm. like in hindsight. Yeah. What are we calling? Can you hear that? Yeah. Hi, you read Zane. He's never going to respond to us again because he knows. Hey, Zane Zane, this is the Drunk Dial Podcast with your host, Dyke Michaels, co-host Bridget Haran, and special guest, Gwen Sunkle. Hey. Hello. Uh, I guess you missed out on uh, an awesome phone call, so. Zane, <laughs> call us back. We miss you. <laughs> Bye. Uh, we switched days. So maybe that was it. Oh, uh, that's probably Also, yeah. the sound was so low on that. I don't even yeah. know. But I also feel like last time we called him unannounced, he was like excited to hear from you. And then you called and then heckled him about about an upsetting show that he had. And it was, and then he was I don't, mad. It wasn't a heckle. I just, we had a very brief mm-hmm. window. Mm. And I was like, hey, do you want to talk about uh, getting eliminated from Indiana's funniest comedy competition? Damn. And yeah. he was like, yeah, actually I do. Like, I have a lot of thoughts. Oh, did he have a lot of thoughts? He had some he thoughts. What it, were the it, thoughts? It was for great. Well, we could play that for you later, Glenn. But uh, <laughs> it was comedy some comedy competitions in general. And some, some great content. Yep. Really Speak, good. Speaking of which, right now is the are the polls still open for the best things? Oh yeah, they sure are till August thirtieth. So our own Gwen Sunkel is nominated for Indie Stars Best. Which is weird to say you're nominated best for best things, things of 2020. Yeah, of course, I'm the best thing that happened. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I didn't even need to be in Indies Funniest because I'm the best thing. Yeah. Uh, best comedian and bet. No, I'm just. I, was, yeah. I can't. I can't improv. <laughs> uh, 
At best, uh, nope. I got just, nothing still. I had two just, times. Just comedian. Yeah. Just, you know. Best I, comedian. You did all the things. Comedian, dog owner, nurse, podcaster, bisexual, yeah. cult enthusiast. It's all right there. I ran out. Uh, best of all of it. Crunchwrap Supreme. Best of in- Crunchwrap Supreme fan. That was the one I missed. Is the Crunchwrap the best uh, Taco Bell menu item? Well, they took away the quesarita, which was the last thing I needed in 2020. So. Oh. Yeah, they've gotten rid of a lot of good stuff at Taco Bell. Like, they got rid of the potatoes, which... All the potatoes. Uh, read the goddamn <gasps> room, Taco Bell. Like, the last thing we need right now is to lose things, and you're fucking shit in the bed. They got rid of uh, breakfast all day at McDonald's during COVID. Dude, I know. Oh. I know. It was very sad. I Because, like... An egg McMuffin is practically health food. Like, yeah. you don't, <laughs> like, and also my thing is like, normally I'm working early in the day, so it's like, oh, I would go. But it's like when I had a little time to sleep in, I was like, oh, I'll sleep in, and then maybe I'll go. And I was like, oh, never mind. Joke's on you. You won't. You'll fucking starve all day. There was definitely times this year where I needed to go to a drive-through, just get a little, little, little cry in my car. You know, a little, yeah, a little private cry. Get some, some fast food, and then I was good again. I was yeah. good to go. Well, finish out the fast day. Fast food pick me up. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Gwen Sunkle, please go vote for her. For is there a, a better link or where? where uh, find that if you link? just like Indie Stars, um, best things twenty twenty. You or it's like on my Facebook and Twitter best and best stuff. comedians. Everyone else is garbage. I mean, I not just on the best comedians list, but on the entire rest of oh, the yeah, best yeah, of twenty twenty. There's there's no reason to vote for anything except my category and my <laughs> name. She's um, like Trent Mabry. You may be the Indies funniest, but I'm Indies best. Yeah, that is true. I'm the best thing. Throwing down. I think okay. you, I think I think you would agree to that. Mm-hmm. And then where can we find, follow you on social medias? Oh, I am at Gwender Woman, like Wonder Woman, but Gwender Woman. Gwender Woman. Yeah, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I guess you can add me on Facebook. I if you want. I I probably you don't hang out there a lot. I mean, if I don't know you, I'm probably not going to accept your friend request. Uh, unless we have a bunch of friends in common. Maybe I will. In which case, maybe I will. You never know. Uh, if you really, really want to be friends with me that badly, like, I guess slide into my DMs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and guys, if you think that maybe there's some sort of unique curse that Gwen is not aware of, that she needs to be unblocked. Yeah, if you are a, uh, an Instagram psychic um, and you have some information for me about uh, a witch... <laughs> That cursed me from birth, <laughs> and the spell that has been lifted from me. Please let me know. I feel like it's not a very feminist move for a witch to be cursing babies that are just being born, like female babies. Like basically, what's, we're, what's what we're doing. Females were already cursed a little bit, so it's like, yeah, what's yeah. the worst that's going to happen? Solidarity, but maybe that's what <laughs> turned you into a witch. Maybe you know? that maybe. could be. I want to use my powers for good, though. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, drunk dial, um, death to Zane Zadie, as I like to <laughs> always say. Hashtag. <laughs> I like to always close out. Uh, you know what you did. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.